Well, good morning, Identity Church. I know we've been talking about South Head meat for some reason. I don't know. I got us off on bologna uh, salad and everything else this morning, so it's it's been a fun morning. We're, <clears throat> I, you know, one of the things that I love about having a church family is the fact that we can be together in a way that's just kind of awesome. We get to we get to talk about just. I mean, you guys out here, I could talk for the next 30 minutes on, you know, South Head meat and bologna salad. Gross y'all out, it would, we would send you off to lunch. Y'all would be really, really happy. You probably wouldn't eat much after I actually told you about it. But, you know, I, the last two weeks has just overjoyed my heart in a lot of ways because we had the Holy Week and we talked about, we talked about the, the triumphant entrance of Jesus and then we talked about Easter and about how Easter was a, you know, um, how Easter just basically brought about not only our salvation, but it brought about how we follow Jesus. That was the takeaway, was that last week, you know, Jesus was telling Peter, don't worry about other people, just follow me. And, you know, that's one of the things that I think years ago, when we start talking about the subject that we're going to talk about today, which is the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Everybody jump up and they'll run out of the church because they're going, hey, what is this? What are you talking about? Well, you know what? It's in the Bible. I believe it. I do it. And I want you to know about it. Now, I want you to understand before I go into any of this, this is not a salvation issue. Okay, I want to I want to double down on that. This has nothing to do with your salvation. This has to do with enhancing your salvation. And you may say, well, I don't understand it. I don't know why I think it's kind of weird. Well, there's lots of things in the Bible that's weird. But if you believe in the Bible, you have to at least know about it. Right. So. I wanted to, I wanted to kind of, we took a break with Holy Week, but we had finished last, our, the last prayer discussion and basically went through the whole purpose of prayer. Prayer is about seeing what God's promise is. Well, we're going to talk about God's promise today. We're going to talk about the other pieces of God's promise. And I'm about to, I'm, I've never done this before, so it may be a little awkward, but I'm about to have mom come up and give a testimony about this. But I wanted to, I wanted to touch on one thing before I have her come up. So, you know, the what and the why of praying in tongues. Most people are going to sit here and go, I've never done it, never seen it, never been around people that have done it. Now, I know several people, especially the ones on the front row here, you know, We've, we've been to churches, we've, we've seen it, we've, we've known about it. You know, peer pressure is a huge thing. Once you go to a Pentecostal church, you get peer pressured into it pretty good, okay? I'm just going to be honest with you. We tend to follow teachings and doctrines of the things that we've been around, the people that we've been around. You know what? And when I first got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I, I just took it at face value. I'd gotten so entrusted with the people that was around me that I didn't even understand it 
And I, I just said, okay, Lord, they do it. I, I see that their lives have some benefit. And I wanted to have what they had. So I just believed it. I didn't go through a whole lot of teaching. You're about to get like a thousand percent more teaching than I got on the baptism of the Holy Spirit when I got it. Okay? So I want you to understand that this had nothing to do with my salvation. I was already saved. But I just wanted more of God. I wanted the extra. And so, so I wanted you to understand the difference between personal and congregational tongues. See, we all can have a gift of the Holy Spirit that is given to us and that we speak when we pray in our prayer closets, okay? But then there can also be a congregational tongues. Now, I'm going to tell you, these are the ones that most people think about when you think about tongues, okay? Especially in the Church of God. You go to a Church of God, you go to one of these other Pentecostal churches, and it sort of explained that the Holy Ghost jumps on you, right? But that's not the way it works. That's not the way it works at all. But congregational tongues has to do with prophecy. I'm going to be honest with you. It's happened in this church. You just didn't even know it. Okay? Because it's not one of those things where you think to yourself, okay, I'm going to give a tongue. You know, I've been up here before, and I, every single week I'll be up here and I'm praying. I'll be praying in the Holy Spirit. I'll be praying in tongues. And then the Lord gives me a revelation of a prophecy, if you will, that I come up here usually right between service, right after praise and worship, because People are connected to God in a way that's pretty awesome, right? We've been worshiping Him and we've been seeking His truth. And then the Lord gives me wisdom to be able to speak into people's lives. I've, I've actually had people come to me after I've spoken and said, that was exactly what I needed to hear. That's exactly what I, what I was looking for. And see, that's what I want you to understand is that congregationally we can have we can have that. Now, I'm not going to teach on that today. That's not going to be my primary focus today because y'all ain't ready for it and I'm not ready to teach on it, okay? But I will tell you this. Don't take past experiences or the hearsays. How many people's lived off of hearsays in the past? I did. I mean, there should be hands going up all over the place. I got news for you. You're lying in church. I mean, I got news for you. You're going to find something that you think sounds right because it lines up with your life that you don't know a whole lot about and then you make it a fact. I did. About this subject. I lived a life where I was like, that, that's, that's the devil. I used to know people that would say, oh, that's, that's getting into that devil stuff. And you're sitting there going, but there is stuff in the Bible about this, right? I mean, the disciples did it. All these different people did this. But because I heard the hearsay from someone who never taught me on it, I, I just took it as face value. That's got to be the devil. I remember I had a coach in high school. He was going to Sumpton Church of God. He said he got filled with the Holy Ghost, evidence of others speaking other tongues. He said... He said, and, and the way they explain it to me is just, you know, when you've got your life right and you've got everything going that the Holy Spirit just grabs a hold of you, now you can just start speaking in tongues. 
Guess what? That's not the way it works. That's a lie. That's called emotions. How many people have been in a service and you've had some emotions? Hallelujah. Oh yeah, I've been there. I've seen it. I've seen people dance. I've seen people do everything. There's nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with having an emotional outbreak in the middle of your service. I hope we have them from time to time. Because sometimes the most free you can ever get is when you finally say, I'm going to take the wall down and I'm going to let the Holy Spirit just come in and fix me. Hey, Dad, let's bring the lights up because I think we're going to get some people fall asleep here in just a minute. <laughs> but I wanted to, I want to start out with saying, hey, we're going to talk about personal relationship here. We're not going to talk about weirdness. This is not going to be a snake handling or we're going to drink strychnine or anything like that. That's a bunch of hooey. In fact, it wasn't even in the Bible for that. It says if. The, the promise was if you tread upon a serpent. If you drink some deadly thing. Not, hey, I got strychnine, guys. Let's see how much faith y'all got today. Who wants to go first? That's tempting God. That is, that is absolutely stupid. And I would say that to somebody who believes it's faith. That's good water, not strychnine. <laughs> but see, I'm going to tell you, you're going to have lots of people who have said, that goes, I just, I believed all my life that this is the way it, is this the way it was. My granddaddy told me that it was wrong and my, for us to speak in tongues. And you know, the, the problem that I have with, with, that, with that is the fact that, you know, it's not what you think it is. Most people have a, an idealism that is just completely and totally wrong. So we'll talk on this. We'll focus on the personal aspects of it. Who's it for? Disciples or everyone? It's for everybody. I'm just going to go ahead. I'm going to give you some scriptures, but I'm going to give you the answers here. How do you get this power? Well, laying on of hands. I, I look at laying on of hands as the same way that I, I said last week was that they came along and helped. Well, it would be the same thing. I, laying on of hands is not, you know, hallelujah. Come here, let me rub the hair off the top of your head. Hallelujah. That's not the way that this should be. It should be us coming together and let's help each other. That's what laying on of hands is. I grab you by your hand. I grab you and I say, Let's, let me take you one step after the next step after the next step. Hey, can you get it through anticipation? We're going to see that here in just a minute. But prayer, as we talked about three weeks ago, is this word prosudomai. And it means to meditate. It's a near wish. It's, a, it's, it's that longing for something. So the pros in here means uh, to be beside, to be near to. And uh, a pseudomite, <clears throat> excuse me, means to wish. It means to see something. And as we talked about this, you know, God's, God's word can be painted in our hearts through prayer. Mom, go, come on up here. But see, you have to meditate on God's word just like everything else. And what I want you to understand is that sometimes your meditation is lackluster. 
And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, I've had times where I couldn't pray. I couldn't get enough words out of my mouth to be able to pray. And you know what? The Holy Spirit was there to help. So I'm going to give you just a little bit of a, I'm going to just tell you, you know, my mom and I had conversations for years on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In fact, when I first got baptized in the Holy Spirit, she sent me to a Methodist minister. His name was Brother Bobby. I sat in his office, and he said, you got baptized in the Holy Spirit? And I said, yes. And he goes, me too. <laughs> because the Methodist church was actually, up until the 1950s and 60s, they were considered a Pentecostal church. John Wesley was a, was a Quaker. Where do you think the Quakers came from? It's not the oat people, okay? I'm just going to tell you. The Quakers were actually people that came here because they were worshiping the Lord and they were being persecuted in their own place. And they would quake. They would speak in tongues. They would do these kind of things. And people, people over in Germany, they didn't like that after the Reformation. But I told Mom, yes, I did this. And for years we've had conversations about this. But I want her to tell you in her own words what happened to her. I'd much rather be back yonder than up here, let me tell you. Uh, you know, you, you have times in your life where your brain takes over when it really should just be dormant. And that's, that's one of my issues, especially when I pray. There had to be more to prayer because I would think of the grocery list or I would think of this or that. There's so many things that comes down on me when I'm trying to pray and I wanted more and I would hear Dusty talk and, and Reba and Charlie and Heather and and it was like I want that but I didn't understand it but uh, when Dusty started the church and I became started being immersed in the life of God's love because I got to admit, every church I've been to is really, I mean, they're good churches, but you don't feel that. Uh, I wanted more. So I asked for it, and I got it. And uh, when I have those moments where I don't know what to do or my brain just won't shut down, I go in and I pray in the Spirit, and it feels so soothing. Because I don't have to think. God's there. He's with me. And I start feeling a calm. Sometimes I feel um, almost a um, peace of, I'm okay. Everything's going to be okay. Even when things don't feel okay. You know how crazy life is. Our lives are nuts. And... Um, there's things that happen that you just don't know what to do or how to handle. I have lots of those things. Um, but when you pray in the Spirit, you can let those things go. And God, the closer you get to Him and the more He feels you inside, the more He shows you what He needs you to do or what you need to do. Amen. And that's what He's done with me. Um, and it is a blessing beyond words to have that to be able to 
understand what it is God wants me to do. Now, do I pray every day? No. Do I do it for hours? No. I'd probably be better off if I did, but I don't. Um, I do it when I need it, when I need that edification. And it is such a blessing. But God has showed me things and helped me to handle things and people and and just general life so much easier than what it was before. And, of course, the blessing of this church has made that even better. So I don't know what else to say, baby. So before you before you get, get in the back, that's where she wants to run off to. But... Um, <laughs> Because I told her, I said, can you, can you do this? Can you give a testimony? Because, you know, in Revelation chapter 12, it says that we overcome by the, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Do you know that that is a truth that I want you guys to understand is that testimonies are powerful. I mean, I could get up here and I could tell you that I do, that, that how God has changed my life. But I'm going to be honest with you. Y'all know her. Y'all have been around her. And I'm going to tell you what, in the past year, the insight, my mom never would call me. Not because she didn't want to call me, but it would be, you know, hey, she had work, things were going on. But, you know, I would be in the midst of a situation and I needed some, some encouragement. And all of a sudden, she would just call me up and say, hey, the Lord was just tell, putting you on my heart. And, you know, that is the awesome piece about this is the fact that she can testify to it. Everybody in here can testify that she is being led by the Holy Spirit in ways that she didn't be, she wasn't led before. In fact, you know, one of the great things about this has been is that in certain situations, I've been thinking about something that the Lord wanted me to teach on or to do. And mom just calls me up and says, hey, this scripture came up to me today. And I'm like, I'm actually thinking about teaching on that. <laughs> Do you know how amazing it is when you've got a body of believers that are around you that are praying and they are staying in the, they're staying in the spirit and it lines up together? I mean, it's amazing. Who doesn't want more of God? Absolutely. And that's what this is. This is more of God. This is more being closer to him. And that's what it feels like to me. I can't testify for anybody else, but I can tell you that it is definitely more of God to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll let you go back. I know you're... I want to get back my home. I want to get back. <laughs> but see, I want, I want you to know that you may walk away from this. I'm going to teach on this couple weeks here because I can't get it all out. There's too much in the Bible about it. See, that's the problem that I think that we get into is that we've been trying to hide this one part of the Bible. How many people has actually ever really went through the book of Acts? I mean, there's some people, but, you know, a lot of times you'll find that most ministers, they don't want to get up there in the book of Acts. Or if they do, they go and they try to find a couple of chapters in the back, you know. It's like, oh, I'm trying to find the ones where... You know, they didn't have like the Holy Ghost party, right? Because chapters 1, 2, and 3, it's a Holy Ghost party. There's some amazing things that happened because people were relating to the Holy Spirit in the way that the Holy Spirit wanted. 
And see, I want you to know about it. You can walk away and go, Dusty, that was great. That was fine. And I, and I don't want it. That's not what I want. And I'm going to sit there and go, okay, fine. This is not a salvation issue. But I do want you to understand that it is there for you if you want it. Okay, so enough on that. We're going to get into the actual teaching now. Are you all okay with this? Is anybody sitting here going, God, I wish I had not shown up this morning. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm okay with that if you said that. I just want you to keep coming back so that you hear more about it. Let the Holy Spirit water that seed, right? Amen. Amen. Well, okay, we're going we're gonna to get into this. So in uh, the promise of the power happened at Pentecost. You know, those crazy Pentecostals? You know, I mean, everybody thinks, well, you know, these Pentecostals, they just went and they took the, the wrong end of the Bible and they put it together. But we're going to find out that Pentecost had a purpose. That Pentecost was about something other than a bunch of people that, you know, dance around, hallelujah. That's not what Pentecost was originally. Pentecost has a purpose, and I want you to understand that purpose and why the Holy Spirit did what He did when He did it. So in Luke 24, 46 through 49, it says, And then He said unto them, Jesus, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in, the name to, in His name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. Verse 48 says, And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send you the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. This word endued is the same idealism as somebody... Have you ever heard of a bathrobe that you just, that you just sink into? I've, I've, I've watched some of these TV shows and you see these people and they just, they put this plush, lush thing on them and they just sink into it and they go, oh, that was so good. Do you know that that is the idealism of baptism? I'm immersed into something. So what Jesus was basically saying here was that remain in Jerusalem until you are immersed you sink into this thing like a garment that it becomes something that you're like oh this this just feels right and it says with power from on high so i've told you all this before luke actually wrote the book of acts so verse i think 51 is the last verse of uh so you have chapter 24 i think 50 51 53 is the last of Luke right well then it extends beyond that it goes into Acts chapter 1 and and so Luke basically has a little bit of a header where he says hey Theopolis I'm just letting you know that ended this part of it and now I'm going to tell you about all the things that the disciples did afterwards so so now we're going to go down so that was the first three verses where he's just kind of saying, Theopolis, that's the end of the, the Jesus gospel story. We're going to go now into what the disciples did. And so Acts chapter 1 verse 4 
happens 50 days later. That is what the word Pentecost means. It's the Greek word for 50 days. Now you may be saying, well, 50 days, what does that have to do with anything? Well, it was 50 days from Passover. So when Passover happened, 50 days later, you had Pentecost. Now let me, let me ask you a question. Do you think the Jews celebrated Pentecost? No? Did, did I hear a no? Did I hear a yes? Is, can, I, can I get a 50-50 where you put both hands up? Yes, no, yes, no. Okay. So they did. They called it Shavuot. Shavuot was an actual harvest feast put in by God. See, Shavuot was, was the harvest time of the year. So what would happen is, is that God put it in there to where Shavuot actually means the week. It means the week you harvest. So they would go and they would work really hard to go get the harvest. And at the very end of the harvest, they'd have a big dinner. Hey, we got all this food. Why not use it, right? So God ordained Shavuot in order to have this feast giving him thanks for the great harvest. But what most people don't understand is that at the exact same time, Shavuot was supposed to be the time when, when Moses got the revelation of the Torah. So when the law was given, it was at the time of Shavuot. Now I want you to understand this. If you, if you get anything out of what I'm just teaching you here, because it's just pure history right this minute but the one thing I want you to understand about this piece of history is is that when God gave the law he considered it to be the harvest when God gave the Holy Spirit he considered it to be the last harvest of the Holy Spirit Pentecost Shavuot whatever you want to call it it was 50 days after Passover because Passover was the, was the thing that showed that Jesus was the lamb crucified, that he put his blood over our sins, just like the children of Israel did in Egypt where they went and they painted the lamb's blood over the doorframe so that the death angel would not come back. Shavuot was the, was the later harvest of them coming out of Israel becoming the nation of Israel sorry coming out of Egypt becoming the nation of Israel and now knowing the law of God Pentecost was Jesus saying your sins have been forgiven I have painted the blood not over the door frame but I've painted it on the mercy seat and now we have a harvest so the day of Pentecost was a harvest where people got saved. They got filled with the Holy Spirit. Things were happening. Nothing else was happening before then. You know why nothing else was happening? Because they were waiting with anticipation. In fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you know that you can go read all of the scriptures about people who got the baptism of the Holy Spirit with laying on of hands. It's, a, it's, it's very few. Do you know that most people in the Bible got this gift of the Holy Spirit by anticipation? 
And I'm going to show you some of those scriptures. But what I want you to understand about this is it'd be like this. If I told you guys, hey, you know what? It's the day of Passover. And from this point on for the next 50 days, everybody shows up here every evening and we're going to have a four-hour service. Okay? Y'all look like y'all would be happy about that. I'm just going to tell you straight up. But, But this is what happened. All the people who knew Jesus showed up in this one place in Jerusalem for 50 days and they were happy about it. You know why? Because they had a promise from the whole, that, that God was going to give them power. God was going to do something. Wait until it happens. Well, you know what? I'm sure that there was thousands of people that showed up every single day. They probably could. It was standing room only. It was like, you know, <clears throat> there was a, a, a commercial I saw the other day where they were talking about being crammed and they were eating chips. They crammed the bags full is what, what the thing was about. But they're all in there eating chips. Well, I'm sure that the same thing was happening with, with the disciples and with all the people that was wanting to show up. They were cramming themselves into a room and they wanted to know what was happening? When is God going to do this thing? <coughs> Excuse me. Well, guess what? After 10 days, I'm sure that some people was like, hey, I ain't got enough time. After 20 days, whoo. I mean, how many people have seen these places that do the 21 days of prayer where you show up every single morning and you pray, right? You know, oh, 21 days. I talked to people that I went to work with that they went to some of those churches you know, those churches. No, I mean, I'm okay. No, I'm fine with that. But, but they, their church was doing it, okay? That's what I want to say about it. Not that they're in sin or anything like that. But, but what I want you to understand is, is that there was a couple of people I worked with that said, I didn't show up last week. You know why? Because some people were anticipating and some people weren't. You know what's funny to me is hearing my mom give that testimony. There was some anticipation. I remember the conversations. I did this teaching in my house on Wednesday nights for like three weeks. At the end of my teaching, because I actually said, hey, I don't want to pray for anybody for the Holy Ghost. I want to build some anticipation. In fact, I'm going to tell you guys this too. If you want to get baptized in the Holy Spirit today and you want to, to speak in other tongues... That's fine, but I'm going to ask you to hold off. I want you to know the whole story and to have some anticipation about it and say, that's something I want. You know what? I found too many people that said, yeah, if God wants to give it to me, I'll do it. Well, you're not ready. You haven't gotten to the point to where you are anticipating anything. But see, these people who showed up every single day for the next 50 days, they showed up looking for something. And by the way, they didn't know it was going to be on Shabbat. See, all they knew was that at some point in time it was going to happen. And so in Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, it says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. So Jesus is sitting there saying, Hey, I'm, I'm about to go to my father, you know, I want you to go to Jerusalem and wait for for this promise from the Father. And it says, For John truly baptized with water, 
but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Acts 1.8 says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses of me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So what happened was, is that God was wanting to build some anticipation. He wanted to see who showed up and said, Hey, I'm really looking for this power. I believe in Jesus. I believe in all the things that he said. And so I'm trusting that there is power. There's going to be something endued unto me that I'm just going to, oh, when I get there and it's the right time, that I'm just, it's going to be like a, putting on that, that coat. Like all of you that are like putting on your jackets right now because it's cold in here to you. I need to find a way of being able to tilt all this stuff towards me because I got the lights on me and everything's uh, hot up here. But sorry, if we need to turn any of this, no? Okay. <clears throat> but I wanted you to understand that there is an anticipation that must come before you can get the Holy Spirit. If, you don't, if you're just like, yeah, I don't really know, you're not ready. And I wouldn't, and, and I used to think that, yeah, that I had, I mean, I, we went to church where people would be like, hey, well, no, 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 we got to get you now. We got to get you now. We got to get you in, into this thing now. And it doesn't matter if you believe fully or you, you just believe and go, just believe and go. And I'm sitting there now reading the scriptures and going, that's not the way Jesus did it. All the people who got filled with the Holy Spirit, they got filled with the Holy Spirit because they all showed up and was looking for something. They weren't just going about their day and it's like, yeah, I knew Jesus. And now I'm fishing out in the middle of the boat and all of a sudden it's like, the Holy Ghost just jumped on me. Which is what's taught sometimes. Which is wrong. Completely wrong. You have more to play in this than he does. Because your will, your ability to anticipate, that's what's, that's what's actually what's going to get you to there if that's what you want. So in Acts 2, 1 through 4, and it says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. So they were all together in one Honda, okay? They had gotten this Honda Accord and they, had, they were driving around the city of Jerusalem. Wait a minute, what did that say? No, okay, they were all in one accord. Do you know what being in an accord means? It means that you have the same mindset. It means you have the same ideas, same thoughts, same everything. See, they were, they were in one accord with each other. That means they were sitting there and somebody would go, it's going to happen today. It'd be like if I was sitting here and I go, Reba, it's going to happen today. It's, do you know what anticipation is a little bit like? How many people, uh, I know there's lots of mothers in here. So there was one day you were having your kids and you were like, I wonder if I'm going to have this kid today. And you know what? If you're married, I remember... <laughs> I remember Heather and I, we were, we were scheduled baby people. So, I mean, because we had C-sections. But, you know, I can imagine because we would sit around and go, 
I wonder if, I, if it's going to happen today. I wonder if this is going to be something that, that is going to be a, that we're going to have a baby by the end of the day. Do you know that that is an anticipation? You start talking about it. You start going, hey, by the end of this day, I could actually have a kid. And you're all excited. And then the people are excited. And then you're, oh, mom and, you know, the grandmas and, and grandpas, they're over here. And they're excited. And your friends are excited. And everybody's excited. And they are anticipating with you. How many people's experienced that? See, that's the kind of anticipation that these people had. They were in Jerusalem and they, they'd been sitting there for 50 days. Man, I, there's not a lot of things that I can do for 50 days. I've been on a diet this week where I'm having to eat all these like bars and do all this kind of stuff. I'm going to tell you what, I've been going seven days and whoo, I don't know if I want to do it. I mean, but... I'm just telling you, 50 days of doing something means that you, it's not just I showed up and I'm just standing there and did it happen today before I got here? No? Okay. I'm just going to hang out. No, they're talking about it. There's people like Peter getting up and saying, this could be the day, guys. He's the, the ringleader and he's up there going, just think about if the Holy Spirit shows up today, what it's going to be like. What is it going to be like in your life? The changes that are going to happen. See, they were so fired up. They were so expecting it that they didn't even... It it wasn't like I'm just just sitting around waiting. (sighs) Jesus, when when is this going to happen? No. They were so fired up that when it finally did happen, it was like an explosion. And it says here, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Verse 3 says, And then there appeared to them divided tongues as fire, and one that sat upon each one of them. And they were all filled. That word filled means they were furnished. Means that they were, that inside God started doing the things that he needed to do in order to prepare their heart for this. With the Holy Ghost and began speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I want you to understand something here. At the, at the Tower of Babel in Genesis chapter 11, God separated people, their tongue, the way that they did everything, because he said if they all became in unity, look at what they could do. They could build a tower as unto heaven. Well, guess what? We're more connected than we've ever been in our lives. What happens when we start getting unity? I mean, 50 years ago, 60 years ago, they went and created rockets and they were staged rockets and they went up into space and there's all that space junk everywhere because of that. Well, now because we have social media and people can say, hey, I know this this thing about SpaceX... They actually launch the thing up and it comes back down and they reuse every part of it. See, unity creates creates the ability for people to come together with ideas. It creates an anticipation. And you know what anticipation does? Eventually people start going, 
I want to use what I've got. Can I go find somebody else that has the same unifying ideas? In the last 100 years, we have grown beyond anybody's dreams. You know why? It's because we're more connected now than we've ever been. That was what God was trying to stop. Because guess what? If, if Babel had happened that way, you would have had, within 200 years of Babel, you would have had societies like we have now. It, it would have just been the way it was. You would have had an industrial revolution. And then they would have moved away from being agrarians, which was exactly what they were. That's exactly what we were. It's also kind of funny, too, because everybody drank beer. Everybody was drunk most of the time because the water was bad. But after we got coffee, everybody, caffeine just makes things better, right? <laughs> I digress. I'm not going to teach on coffee. But I will tell you this. God wanted a way to unify people that believed. And see, the Holy Spirit is one of them. It's just like I was talking to mom. Mom would come up and go, you know, this scripture's been coming up to me all the time. And I go, that scripture's been coming up to me. I'm going to teach on that. Do you know that when we're all flowing in the Holy Spirit together, then we start having unifying thoughts and ideas. See, God is wanting to unify the Christian body. He wants us to be able to create and he wants us to be able to expand and to think through these things. You know what? Divided tongues, you know, a lot of people, I've, I've heard teachings on this on, on all different sides. I've heard that, you know, that um, all of a sudden they got a really good, uh, that God just came in and gave the disciples the ability to be able to speak to other people because this, the scriptures after this do talk about them speaking in other people's languages. But you have to understand something. They went into corporate tongues. See, what we, what we have to understand is they got filled with the Holy Ghost. They started speaking, but then they started prophesying. You remember what it says there? It says that, that they went around praising God in everybody's language. So they didn't know what they were saying. They were just speaking and they were praising God in these languages. So it was a corporate thing at a point. And then they were prophesying about the goodness of God. And people were amazed by that. But see, what I want you to understand is, is that for you to have a, a prayer language in the Holy Spirit doesn't mean that you can speak German really well. It doesn't mean that you can speak Spanish really well. That, that is not a gift. Yeah. Hey, Reba, you, you've been taking Spanish, right? It's hard work, right? See. You know, I don't even know my ABCs, and she knows more of them in another language. But do you know that the, the, the problem that we get into is that we try, to, we try to talk our way out of things. You know, I, I've, I've tried to talk my way out of a lot of different things that I didn't like in the Bible. There's been a lot of things that I've heard teaching on, and I went, well, that, that sounds pretty good. That sounds logical. But see, I'm not trying to give you logic here. 
You know, I have an engineering degree. I work with a ton of atheists. I, I have backgrounds with people who don't believe that there is a God. If you were to show them God, they still wouldn't even believe it. But you know what? I can sit here and have conversations with them because I know enough about science and I know enough about logic to be able to have logical discussions about lots of things. You know what's so funny to me is that the Holy Spirit is so good because if you're praying in tongues and then the next thing you know you have somebody who is an atheist that doesn't understand anything about God and they think, oh, it's some bearded man in the middle of the universe. How could that be? Well, I don't believe that either. So I'll tell them, what do you, what do you think about God? And they'll tell me and I go, I don't believe that either. That's not who God is. I was in Costa Rica, and I got a picture of it. It's me and this guy, and we're standing there. And uh, one of my late good friends, Alan Duke, he says I look like Jethro Tull because I have this big floppy hat on, and I would be out there with my acoustic guitar. Anyway, I had my big floppy hat on. I'm standing out there just praying with people, and we're, we're ministering to folks there in, in San, uh, Santiago, Costa Rica. And this guy comes up, and I'd been praying that morning for the people that were there, and I just had this burden on my heart that morning, and I prayed. I got up extra early, and I was like, Lord, there's going to be something that I don't know if I'm going to be able to deal with it. It's such a hard burden. And you know what I actually thought the burden was is because I, there was not a day that went by that I didn't go buy hundreds of dollars worth of groceries for people because I just couldn't stomach the idea of sending people away that had not ate in three days. I digress. God was not trying to prepare my heart for that. I'm standing here and I'm, I'm talking to this woman and all of a sudden this, this woman that's with us just comes up and grabs me and says, I need you right now. And I said, you need me right now. And I said, yes, yes. This man over here wants to talk to you. He said that for some reason he felt like he had to come down here today and he saw you and said, you're the one. I said, okay. So I go over and I talk to this guy. And this guy is a, is a mathematician for the, for the University of Santiago. And he starts explaining to me in English. This man knows like three languages and he is a theoretical physicist and he has all these different things. And he is standing there talking to me in perfect English. And he tells me, he says, I don't believe in God. He says, but I believe in love and I believe that there's a mathematical formula for love. And I'm standing there listening to nonsense. And my, I mean, I'm just I'm sitting there going, I don't, I, how am I going to talk to somebody about a mathematical formula for love? You know, the Lord is so awesome. And because I had prayed in the Holy Spirit and I was, I was ready, I just didn't know it yet. I'm standing there and the man starts talking to me about string theory. And I started going, I will tell you something that you live in a multiverse and you don't even understand this multiverse. And he said, do tell. I had his full attention. And I said, 
We live in our conscious universe right here. Everything you see was created. And I said, and on the other side there is a multiverse. And that multiverse is called the kingdom of God. And God himself lives over there with all of the beings that he created. And I tried to go away from church words because he hated church words. So I started talking to him about God and about his place on his side where there is a whole nother universe that he has created and a universe for over here and that they are not corporeal beings like we are, but they are, they are these other type of spiritual beings that we call spirits, but they're, they, this is God, the one that has created all of this. Now, all of you probably are going, Dusty, you screwed up. You should have went back to the Bible and taken him to all this. He would have shut me down in five seconds. Do you know that I prayed for his salvation? Do you know that I sat there with this man in the middle of Santiago and I explained all this stuff to him? And he said, he said, I believe that. You know what I did? As I said, you can accept Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ was the only bridge between the two multiverses. He stood on both sides. And to this day, he stands on both sides, giving us a channel between one universe and the other. And I said, do you believe in this man named Jesus that is the, the bridge between these two, that he came and died for our sins? And this man says, yes, I believe. And I prayed with him and he got saved. And he came back and saw me three days later. The man teaches at the University of Santiago. And he says, I would love if you had more time I would love for you to talk to other colleagues that I have. And it just never worked out. See, the Holy Spirit knows all things. He knows what to say and when to say it. But if I give Him place, if I allow Him to step in, He can tell me what to do. He can show me how to do it. And He can show you how to do it. Amen? You know what? They were all willing vessels. They all had been standing there for 50 days in anticipation for this. See, I want you to understand is that being baptized in water is great, and we're, we need to do that. But being baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire gives us another dimension to be able to talk to people in ways that we have never been able to see before. We will see things beyond what we can actually comprehend. I've got people that are in here that if you want to go talk to them, please do because it has happened in their lives. Is it a salvation issue? Absolutely not. You can get saved and never be baptized in the Holy Spirit with speaking in other tongues. In fact, I actually think that I would like to find other words than baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in other tongues because there's so much connotation to that with so many people that, that I'm like, I really wish I had time to be able to create new ideas around this. 
Because it is not what you think. It's more. So praying in tongues lets the Holy Spirit pray on our own behalf. You know, mom was up here and she was talking about, hey, I, I mean, I have ADD and dyslexia like mom did, right? He's healed me of it. I don't have all the, the bad parts about it. But there are times where I'm like, squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. And I'm trying to pray, I'm trying to study, and I can't get past my own nose, you know. My, my mind's just racing, everything's happening. And guess what? I, I basically go, okay, i got to pray in the Holy Ghost for a little bit. And you know what happens? Is that the Spirit on my behalf starts focusing me in a way that I've never been focused before. In fact... The purpose of tongues here in Romans 8, 26 and 27 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for, for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the heart knows the mind of the Spirit because he himself inter makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. This word groaning is uh, steganomos, and it means to sigh or to grumble. Well, I sigh and grumble about a lot of things. It could be really negative, like, oh, gosh, why do I have to do that? But you know that the Holy Spirit himself, he will actually take, you know, I put this down here. It's supposed to be funny. Don't, y'all don't, don't throw rocks at me, okay? But the Spirit intercedes for us. Slash complains for us. Now, is complaining a bad thing? How many people think complaining is a bad thing? You know, I think in some ways it is. You can have positive complaining and, and, and unpositive or negative complaining. But the, the point I'm making here is the fact that, you know, have you ever had a complaint box where it was like, you know, if you guys would only do this, it would be better. And then they go, they get their suggestion, they go, yeah, I, I'm willing to do that. And they go put it in and it makes everything better. Well, you know what? The Holy Spirit is waiting for us to go, go to God and talk to him about this situation. Bring God into this situation in a way that I don't know how to pray about that. See, praying in the Holy Spirit, I don't always get to see everything. But the Holy Spirit is everywhere at all times, holding everything together. So if I say, hey, I'm going to pray in tongues, I'm going to let the Holy Spirit be the one that is going to go and talk to God for me. Then he gets to go, oh, I got a suggestion. And he goes and puts his suggestion in Heather's heart and in Reva's heart and in Steve's heart and Mary Jane's heart. He, he just goes and he starts forming relationships, bonds. He makes changes in ways that you've never seen before. God himself knows the situation better than you know it. But because we have power and authority, we have to take authority. See, that's the other problem that I think we have in the church is the fact that most people think that God is in control of everything. 
No, God gave you some authority over some things, not because he just was being nice. Oh, I just want to give you some authority, Dusty. But I'm really going to be controlling everything. No, it's just like your kids. I got a 20-year-old in the back that's about to get married. Right now, I can tell her what to do. Go clean your room. But guess what? In about eight months, six or eight months, whenever, six months, oh God. Anyway, in about six months, she's going to be in her own house and daddy's not, and mama's not going to be there to go, clean your room, baby. Well, the same thing with God. God at some point in time said, hey, the world has got to be run by somebody. And I'm picking y'all. And he gave Adam and Eve the ability to pick and choose. And they did it wrong. So now he had to give Jesus in order for us to have this Holy Spirit on the inside of us to help make decisions. Because it's my authority on the earth and his wisdom, knowledge, and his backing. That's how we get ahead in life. You know, when I quit trying to figure it out and I just started letting God figure it out, man, we're walking together and he goes, hey, make this step. Hey, don't make that step. Stay away from these people. Go find these people. Go do this. Go do that. You know that when the Holy Spirit and God has that plan for you and you go and do those things, it is, it's, it's, it's like I've got the cheat codes. I've got the cheat codes to life, guys. You know, I went from a kid where we didn't have a whole lot. I mean, we had a house and it was good. I was actually talking with Joanne today, and I know we're getting late, so I'm going to try to wrap this thing up really quick. But I was talking to Joanne today. We went camping every single, every single year, and we got a little bit better. You know, Dad had the old army tent that almost floated away one time. So then after it floated away and... And mom was like, I'm not sleeping in the army tent no more. He went and got the orange pop-up camper. That was already like 25 years old. It had rotten tires. He didn't replace any of the tires. And he sold it like 10 years later with the same tires on it. You want to know a miracle. That was, dad was doing some praying. I'm going to tell you what. But I don't think he spent a dime on the thing other than buying it. But you know, as a kid, I love that. I loved it. I loved going and going camping. But you know, as I grew, you know, mom didn't like it so much. But, you know, as we grew up and we were going to go do other things, we had more money and time and everything. You know that, that the same thing with the Holy Spirit is he starts you out where you can, where you can handle it. And he's, he's taking you through these things and and these are, these are really good things. But then he grows you little by little. And then the next thing you know is you're in the five-star, uh, you know, luxury resort of, of his spirit and his power. Where you're like, I know that I can go and camp. I know I can be in the five-star luxury resort of his power. But, you know, I have more now after what, 25, 26 years of being filled with the Holy Spirit, I can pray now faster. I can pray better. I can see things quicker. It comes to me 
a lot better because I'm able to take the things that he has shown me over the years. You know, you can walk away from here and go, hey, I don't want to know any more about this. And that's okay. It's not a salvation issue. But I will tell you this. Little by little, I'm praying that the seeds are being planted in people's hearts and that you see that there is a benefit. That the benefits take you beyond where, you were, where you're at now, which is good. Where you're at now is good. But let me tell you what. Where you're at right now is you're going to be sitting in a mansion, walking on streets of gold. It's going to be awesome. But you know what? I want to, I'm just going to be honest with you. I've been walking on streets of gold and living in a mansion for the last 25 years. Because God, every single time, he's been stepping me up. Now, you may look at my house, and my house is good for some, you know, really nice for some people, and it might not be as good for others. I'm not talking about physical things. I'm talking about spiritual things. Where God has me and where I'm going is because, not because I just, ta-da, it happened today. It was because every single day I went from a mentality of I'm waiting for heaven and now I have a mentality of I can bring heaven to earth. How many people want to bring heaven to earth? Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to close this out. Everybody bow your head. Father, we come to you in Christ Jesus' name. I just pray, dear Lord, Holy Spirit, all the things that I messed up, all the missteps, all the words that you wanted to say and I just failed to do them, Father, I just pray that, Holy Spirit, that's what you are, is you're our comforter and our teacher and you come behind me and you actually fix all the things that I couldn't do on my own strength. And Father, I just pray in Jesus' name that that this seed is being planted in people's hearts and that, Father, you just let them know that, that this was all in love and that the power of the Holy Spirit is there for them if they want it. And Father, I just pray that there is a sense of anticipation that is just growing in them over the next week so that when we come together next Sunday that people are just going to be just so excited about this teaching and they're just going to say, I want what the Holy Spirit has for me. And I just pray, dear Lord, over their week, I pray, dear Lord, you bring people across their path that they can witness Jesus too. And we just thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you need prayer for anything, I'll be up here at the front. You are dismissed.